Greetings, adventure. Welcome to the D20 Academy podcast. I'm Shiloh. I'm Gabriel. And this is episode 40, Class Spotlight. I'm the Rogue. Welcome to the next installment of our Class Spotlight series, where we spend an entire episode breaking down a D&D 5th edition class, telling you guys what it is, what it's good at, giving you an idea of what its abilities are, and then letting you know if this class is right for you. Yeah, this is something that I started from kind of the beginning of the podcast, and I'm trying to hit all 12 core classes for 5th edition D&D. Um, if you're a player, you're looking for what class is right for you, um, you're trying to figure out um, or just learn more about your class that you've decided to play and you don't really know a lot about it, these are great for those. You can learn kind of basics of it. Um, and then also for DMs to get com- like familiar and comfortable with the different classes that, mm-hmm. that your uh, players are playing. Yep. So that's what we're going to be jumping into today. This one's going to be on the class of the Rogue. Very popular class. Yep. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, before we jump into it, I want to remind you guys of our Instagram at uh, d20 underscore academy. And we have a Discord now. We've Yay. been talking about it for a little bit. Just yeah. let us know if you want to join. We have a link up on our Anchor page. And just DM us on Instagram. We'll get you the link to it there. All right. Okay, so... Class Spotlight on the Rogue. Last month, month, we uh, did it on the Ranger. That was a fun and one. And that, that was, was a, a lot one. of fun. If you haven't listened to the Ranger one, and you have some time after listening to this one, yes, um, you should go listen to the Ranger one. That was a lot of fun. One of one, <laughs> one of the best classes. Um, rogues. First, first off, our opinions. <laughs> Before we get into the objective things, mm-hmm. subjectively, Gabe, what is your opinion on the Rogue? As a whole, I don't personally care for the class that much. It's just not something that I'm interested in playing or something that I think typically manifests in ways that are unique and interesting to play with, personally. Rogues, I feel, tend to be a lot of the same, you know. You kind of have the image of your of a rogue in your head, you know, like, you know, that stealthy, knifey boy who sits yeah. in the shadows and ambushes people and steals them with their hard-earned money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thieves, assassins, charlatans, etc. It's not for me. I love rogues. <laughs> uh, rogues are one of my favorite classes. Um, I think not only are they dripping with flavor, I love the flavor of rogues. I think it's very... Um, it's, it's very obvious, it's easy to get into, uh, it's an easy class to be able to like embody and be able to play that class, mm. so it's great for new players. I think also in 5th edition, it deviates from like the other kind of martial classes, it's kind of its own thing. It's not like a spellcaster, obviously, but it's not like a ranger, paladin, fighter kind of thing. It has its own kind of way of play, and I really like that. It doesn't get too bogged down and... and like monotonous, like a fighter or whatever. It's not too complex and crazy like a spellcaster. I really like rogues. I like ev- really everything about them. I love <laughs> the rogue trope, the thing you were explaining, the hooded, the hooded knifey boy. I love that trope in fantasy. <laughs> um, also, rogues are one of the cornerstones. Yes, that is true. Of D and D. That is true. One of the original. Well, it was, I was called like thief or something. Yeah, I was always calling whatever. Different. But yes, this archetype has been a part of D and D for forever. Yeah. So the four. Core classes mm. were fighter, fighter wizard, wizard, cleric, and rogue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Rogue rogue definitely still has its place, like, in the party um, makeup, like, its role in the party and stuff. That that's, that's was pronounced and defined in the beginning of D&D and just kind of the, the fantasy Yeah, it's, it stayed true. And it stayed true the whole time. So I really, I really like that about it. Yeah, there are parts where I look at the rogue and say, yeah, I see why it exists, I see why it's like has its strengths as a class. It's just not something that I enjoy personally, and I don't enjoy the trope. That's just kind of me. Like when it comes to like Assassin's Creed games, mm. it's supposed to be a stealth game mostly. Yeah, I never played as a stealth game. Any <laughs> mission that I didn't have to, you just shot everybody. Yes, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what's it? This is what these are all about, right? If the rogue is for you. Yes. Um, so we're gonna go through this thing, Gabe probably not likely to play a rogue in the next game me i'm playing a rogue right now um in our in our pathfinder game it's not a D game it's a pathfinder game but yeah. the, the 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 trophy thing is still there um but that's the whole point of this right mm-hmm. to see whether this is a good fit for class something you would like to play what's what's more of like just describe the rogue more rogue is your typical 
stereotypically, a rogue is someone who is very stealthy, good with things like picking locks and climbing buildings and sneaking into places, assassinating people. You know, the person who works in the shadows mm. might not be up in the front lines, but perhaps they're in the back lines, killing everything behind there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milch two daggers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Shady, silent, thieves, assassins, charlatans. Um, I think even, I, I really do like the idea of like, like a, a thug mm. rogue, like a strength-based rogue. I think that's cool. Um, they're resourceful, they're tricky, they're sneaky. Um, not only are they good fighters, typically with daggers, mm-hmm. um, but also of a couple particular skill sets. Yes. Um, and this is mechanically mirrored in, in D&D, um, in the different abilities and stuff they get. They're problem solvers, risk takers, and once again, they're a cornerstone of any adventuring party. The, yeah. yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, the rogue class throughout D&D has this history of being like this jack-of-all-trades in some sort where it has many sort of like relevant skills that it can use in, outside of combat and things like that, and, you know? The ability to pick locks and to sneak into places mm. and do all these things that aren't necessarily tied to combat, but it has skills and abilities based around those things, those actions that you can do. Yeah. They also kind of are jack-of-all-trades, in 5th edition, that aspect has been given more to a bard yeah, it's than the rogue. Yes. Yeah, the rogue is more specific things. They're really good at specific things. Mm. But then at like nine, nine, some, some higher level, you get like you can take 10 yeah. on everything or whatever. Anyway, um, rogues, uh, yeah, they're really cool. And also, there's not another class that really does the thing, same things a rogue does. Um, I think, like, you know, if you take the classical party makeup, right? Mm. Fighter, rogue, wizard, cleric. You can change out the other three. In a, in a four, you know, if, mm. you don't, you can have a sorcerer or a warlock instead of a wizard. You can have a ranger or paladin instead of, like, a, a cleric or a fighter. Or you can have a, even, like, a bard instead of a cleric sometimes. But the rogue, it's placed in the party. I feel like nothing really else does that, in 5th edition at least. The closest the co- would, would be a bard. Yeah, a bard or a ranger, I'd say. Yeah. Because the ranger's really good at hiding. That is very true. <laughs> we <laughs> you t- discussed that in our ro- uh, ranger episode. Yeah, I'd say, like, a <laughs> bard. But, like, even then, the expertise, sneaking, lockpicking, like, what the rogue does, mm. really, like, its place in the party, is not really matched by any other class. or Like, other classes really have that kind of aspect. And I like and dislike that at the same time. Because, um, you know, something about D&D... Uh, the part of the reasons why I love the the aspect of the party and the group mentality mm-hmm. is that you are everyone has their place in the party, everyone has their role, and you are thrown all these different kinds of problems, and everyone in the party is specialized to deal with certain kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. They can all, they deal with them together as well, but you know people have specific things. Um, so you know if you're, if you're dealt with a, a huge horde of orcs, or whatever fire, I mean wizard. That's what they excel at. They can fireball, kill mm-hmm. some of those things. A huge, singular, like, storm giant, the ranger's gonna take care of that. You know what I mean? That's, like, their specialty. And I love that about D&D, that everyone can feel special at different moments, and that the, there's a plethora of different obstacles and challenges that are presented to the group that they can kind of s- solve. And the rogue has those things, right? Stealth, stealth missions, following, reconnaissance, pickpocketing, picking locks, disarming traps. Mm. And so it makes, when you play a rogue, you feel special... You feel like you have a place in the party. You feel useful because of those certain kind of challenges. But if your party doesn't have a rogue, you either have to come up, you know, just bl- blunder kind of through those obstacles, or the GM can't use those kinds of obstacles in the campaign because mm. you don't have a way to deal with it. I think like you can still work around without having a rogue. You can have yeah, to try, like, you can for sure. That void of the kind of fill that void with other things. But I get what you're saying is that the rogue really excels at these things that other classes aren't yeah. close to being as good at. And I don't think they're even super specific. I think it's just like a pretty big yeah. chunk of obstacles yes. and challenges that can be thrown at a tip- in like a typical D&D mm-hmm. adventure. So in one way, I, I like that nothing else is like the rogue. So when you play the rogue, you know, you feel like no one else in the party ha- has, is kind of taking your thunder or has your kind of special clues. Mm. But also in the same way, it makes it kind of like you need kind of a rogue in your party as well, which I don't I don't like that aspect. Yeah. So not too much of a problem, but I think it can't I think it kinda of comes up 
more than any other class, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's really more a statement about the classes of D&D than this class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. In specific. <clears throat> Alright, what are the strengths? We already um, talked about a bunch yeah. of them here. Specialties and expertise. Mm. Uh, super high damage output. Very high damage. <laughs> uh, super high damage output. Dodging. Mm-hmm. Sneaking. Skullduggery. Right? Picking locks, picking pockets. And their versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the strength of the rogue. Yeah. And the weaknesses are... Well, rogues on their own. In D&D, 5th yeah. edition. Aren't very good... In combat without allies. Yeah, individually. It's about based around how their uh, class ability works, their sneak attack ability. Mm-hmm. It and just the other stuff. The fact that like you want to be hiding with your connection yeah. a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work if you don't have allies. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of a glass cannon. They're D eight hit die, I believe, mm-hmm. which is like middle of the pack in fifth edition. But for a character that's going to be in melee most yeah. of the time. Well, yeah, it depends how you build it, them. It but. Depends. Often in melee, a lot of the builds mm-hmm. go with melee. It can... Yeah. It, it, it does make up for it in, within itself. It has gets some aspects at later levels of helping a dodge mm-hmm. and stay alive. Yes. Like, the fifth level ability really helps it out with that, which we're going to be talking about later on in this episode. Um, so, mechanically, Weakness of the Rogue doesn't do well alone. But I love this as... It, it, if you look at, like, game design standpoint. Mm. Um, anything... That forces people to like work together. Any mechanical thing that you can put on your players to make them work together and stuff is a plus for me. Hmm. I'm kind of torn just because I like not being forced to do it. I think. Sure, sure. That, and there are ways for you to be able to use your sneak attack without allies near you, but. I like that you can so do it without having to have allies. It's yeah, just, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sure. going to be the easiest way for you to use this ability. And I like what you're saying. Yes, I like it when parties are encouraged to work together mm-hmm. more. That's definitely a bonus. Yeah, that's like a big struggle of lots of gaming groups. Mm-hmm. Different topic. But, yeah. um, you know, even if you look at something, as, you know, an amazing exemplary campaign like Critical Role, mm. if you look at the beginning of the second campaign... It's, this, it's, a lot of campaigns suffer from this. Once again, going a little off topic, but, like, why are they really together and fighting together and stuff? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a little unclear and unrealistic that they just become, like, a group or whatever. Um, but things like this, strengthening party bonds and stuff, I like that, and it also makes the rogue be a little more tactical. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, like, trying to flank or whatever. Exactly. Okay, cool. <laughs> What races and backgrounds work well with it? Well, as always, we have a disclaimer before yes. this this part. So, in this segment of the of these class spotlights, we talk about which races mechanically go well with the the class we're talking about, and which races mechanically don't go well with the class we're talking about, and then which backgrounds go mechanically infl- like and like stereotypically yes. well. We're not saying. These are things you should play. Don't play these these bad races and bad backgrounds. Do play the good races and good backgrounds we're talking about. That's not what we're saying. These are just the things that mechanically work or stereotypically work with a rogue. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to make a good, like, mechanically powerful character or a stero- or a tropey, with nothing wrong with that, but it's a tropey stereotypical character, follow these. Do the opposite if you want to create a fresh take on a character, a new, unique kind of character. Yes. With that out of the way, you have to play a tiefling with <laughs> You have to play tiefling for a warlock. Let's be honest. That's true. You have to play tiefling for all the edgy classes. Yeah, all the edgy classes. All right. Glad we got that out of the way. So, toss that to the side. What good race is? Uh, elf. Yes. Elf is one of the best races in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it works a lot of good things. High elf or dark elf is good. One of the cool things about rogue is that it only has a primary ability, which is dexterity. Even then, I like the idea of a bruiser rogue. You can go strength. So, but let's just say, mm-hmm. for yeah. the, a lot of the things are based on dexterity and stuff. The primary ability is dexterity, like the primary ability for wizard's intelligence or whatever. But basically all other classes also have a secondary ability you want to have high. So for ranger, you want high dex or strength, depending on which how you're going to be fighting, mm-hmm. and then high wisdom for your spellcasting. Yeah. Wizards want high intelligence for spellcasting, high con for staying alive and concentrating. Yeah. 
Rogues, though, you only need high dexterity, baby. And then you can build the rest of your character however you want. And I love that. Do you want to be more of like a, a tactile, kind of like intelligent character? Do higher intelligence. Or, or if you want to take the spellcasting subclass, which we'll yes. in a second. You want to be a charming charlatan kind of character? Take higher charisma. I, j I, I love that you can, you know. Mm -hmm. And one of the abilities that you get in the rogue class is the expertise ability, which basically makes you better at certain things that you choose. Those aren't bound to any certain thing. Mm. You can choose which ones that you... Which skills you want to get a bonus. Yeah. In. Yeah, so I, I, what I do like about the rogue is that you can kind of build the rest you want. So mechanically, you're going to choose like dexterity or whatever so that you can make it mechanically strong. And that's like the, the good rogue yeah. is the dexterous one. But if you want like more studious mastermind kind of... You give them higher intelligence or wisdom. And if you want them to be the char charming swash, swashbuckler, you give them higher charisma. I, I, or whatever, or give them higher strength to more of the, the thug. I love that a lot. Saying that, <laughs> elf, any of the subclasses. Yeah. Because dexterity, and then if you want to have higher wisdom, what elf? High intelligence, high elf, higher charisma, dark elf. Yeah. Halflings also work well. You get bonus to uh, dexterity and charisma. Or con, depending or con. on your subclass. Charisma or con. Gotcha, gotcha. But once again, you can do whatever you want, as long as you have kind of higher charisma. Yeah. Um... Uh, Half-elves and tieflings also work? Yes. Now, oh, fine. the tiefling actually gets bonuses to intelligence and charisma. Mm -hmm. So, you would have to make up the dexterity on your own. Yes. But you would have your intelligence and charisma boosted or whatever. Which is the same. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You go with, like, the tiefling route if you if that's the character that you want to build, you know? If you're trying to go, go for that studious or intelligent mastermind build, tieflings work fine for that. Yep. All right. What are the bad ones? Dwarf doesn't really just have any bonuses that are really relevant. Um, and half work. Mechanically, these don't do much. Also, like the little ability, you also get a couple like little abilities mm -hmm. to your race. I don't know. Do these give dark vision? I'm not sure. I don't think halfling does. So actually, maybe halfling isn't a good race. If you're a rogue, you want dark vision. <laughs> like, guarantee. <laughs> But it's I fine. mean, you don't need Yeah, to. you don't need it. Also, basically, people forget about it anyway. Yeah, it's true. Um, but Dwarf and Half-Orc, not only do the ability score boost they give don't really matter, um, their abilities and stuff don't, like, add to the, the thing. Like, the Lightfoot Halfling, where you can hide hmm. easier and stuff. That is true, yeah. The Wood Elf training, where you get, like, the better weapon. That all kind of fits with it. But once again, you want to take a, a new, unique twist on the Rogue... A character that's kind of fresh no one's seen before. It's totally fine to choose yeah. these classes that Play aren't necessarily mechanically yeah. Yeah. the best. Play a half-orc rogue. That's sick. Yeah. Okay, what are the good what are the good and bad backgrounds? Obvious stereotypical, ones. rather. Yeah, I stereotypical. You got, you're your criminal. Criminal? Criminal. Yes, of course. You're criminal. Uh, charlatan. Guild artisan. Guild artisans are people who are like part of guilds. and like. Yeah, whether you're like an yeah. alchemist or... And that kind of fits into the yeah. rogue-like specialty mm -hmm. expert at a, at a thing. I do want to say something. As I was... I, I read the Rogue chapter before uh, we wrote this outline of the episode. And there's like a quick build thing at the beginning of each class. And it says, make this your highest ability. Yeah. And then choose this background. Can you guess what background I told you to choose? Okay, what's the obvious one? Criminal. Criminal. It didn't say to choose criminal. Uh, now I'm really thinking like, what? No, no, it was, it, one okay, it, it was Charlotte. It was Charlotte. It was, oh. That's weird to me. Because Charlatan is a charismatic con man. Yeah, they're leaning more towards like the trickster side. Yeah, but criminal which... just feel it fits the rogue. Yeah. Way better. Fits rogue more. Yeah. Side note, that is literally irrelevant. <laughs> Choose the background you want. But those kind of stereotypically fit like the classic. Yes. Rogue. Classic rogue. The ones that don't fit the classic rogue are gonna be the people who aren't necessarily around to steal or sneak around. Uh, people who are like sages, hermits, outlanders. Those are the backgrounds yeah. that don't stereotypically yeah. fit the rogue. Uh, rogues are also very thematically connected to urban environments. Mm -hmm. Hermit and outlander, the opposite of that. Um, so, once again, though, you can have a rogue who's lived in the forest his whole life. Whatever. That's fine. But, stereotypically, these ones aren't like the stereotypical rogue. And, like, the stuff they get, it doesn't really matter, though. Backgrounds don't matter too much mechanically. 
All right. We're getting into the juicy. Getting into the meat here. The juicy juice. All right. Feature spotlight. The first one we're going to talk about is something you get at first level and is upgraded later. Sneak attack. Sneak attack. This is the, the core class ability of the rogue. Yep. The whole class is built around having this ability and your whole combat strategy as a rogue. For the most part, it's going to be, how can I get sneak attack? So, what is it? Um, it's really simple, actually. Once per turn, when you hit an attack against someone, uh, a vulnerable foe, whether that, typically a vulnerable foe is outlined in the sense that you have advantage on the attack, mm -hmm. or they're next to an ally of yours. Yes. Um, Who is threatening them. Yeah. Or like if they're prone or something, I don't know. There's a couple other ones, I'm not sure though. Yeah. Basically, like, if you just think of, like, a foe who's vulnerable or distracted, you hit him with an attack, once per turn, you deal it extra blank d6 damage, depending on your level. Yeah. Starts at 1d6, and then gets, gets crazy! crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I believe at 19th level it becomes 10d6, I want to say. Jeez. So once per turn, you're dealing extra 10d6 damage. <laughs> this is what we're talking about when we said strength, high damage output. Yes. This ability. Extremely high damage output. And just imagine when you crit. <laughs> yeah. It's in... Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Is this ability balanced? Alright, what's the average? 76. That's what... 35 damage. Well, that's, that's what you get at 19th level. I don't think that's fair. True. All I right. think it's like 3d6 at 5th level, though. That's really good. Per turn, for no resource cost. Because that's an extra 8 damage? If I do my math right? No. 9. 10. 10. Yeah. 10 damage. 10.5, yeah. Yeah. Um, an average of an extra 10 damage at 5th level? Okay. From my experience, from what I've seen... I actually, it's a pretty balanced ability. The rogue was built in mind with you getting sneak attack every turn. Mm -hmm. So, it's sometimes really strong, but for the most part, I do think it's actually quite balanced. Yeah. I think, like, on average, it's pretty strong, but it has an insanely high peak. Yeah, for sure. It can get out of hand. Because, like, with dice, it can get to a point where you might be dealing an extra 50 damage or 3 damage, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be 3 if you're rolling that many yeah. 6 but it would be, like, an extra 10 damage or 50 damage. A little unpredictability there, but rolling dice is much more fun than just giving base damage, like, mm -hmm. number damage. Um, I would also like to say, it fits the rogue. I like it because it makes the rogue insta-kill thing, like, assassination kind of thing, actually be able to be possible. Yeah, yeah. Because of... You deal this, you know, a ton of damage in one attack against one guy. Because mm -hmm. when you're a rogue and you sneak up behind a guard and you stab him in the back and he doesn't die from that attack, it's like, uh, like There's actually one of the subclasses. Oh, we're gonna get into it, baby. Increases the viability of that option of being able just to kill someone in one go. But this is the rogue key ability. Yes. Like the barbarian's rage. Like the. Who else has a cool thing? <laughs> Like the Barbarian's Rage. Like uh, uh, Bardic Inspiration. Like Bardic Inspiration. I knew Bard had one, I just couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Like Fighters with their Swords. <laughs> like Fighters with Ability Score Improvement. <laughs> um, fighters with... Fighting stuff. No. So no. 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 Nope. Every Wait, everyone yeah, else nope. has that. Yeah. Like Rangers with Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, this is the Rogue, like, the Rogue Ability. It's cool, and like we were mentioning before, it forces team cooperation. Yes. It's... Actually, I think I really like this ability in particular because of how it forces you to strategize a little bit in combat. I feel like combat in D&D can get a little bit monotonous when it's just like, okay, we walk up to the foe, we hit them, mm -hmm. they hit us, we hit them, they hit yeah. us, we hit them. But the rogue, you have to position yourself in certain ways, and you're trying to get advantage over your target, or other means to gain the use of this ability, the sneak attack ability, which your whole class is built around. So you have this set strategy that you're trying to go into every combat, 
and find ways to use this ability. I really like that. Yeah, f- for sure. I, I think, um, you know, once again, forcing the team cooperation stuff, really good. Good ability. Nice core ability. It's pretty simplistic. Yes. It's not like a new, like, system, like the key points and sorcery points or whatever. But it's nice. It adds just, like, an extra layer. Whether that layer is very big layer, small layer, thin, thick. It is an extra layer to combat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so on to the next feature that we're going to be spotlighting for the rogue. What is it? Yes. Cutting action. You get this at second level. And it allows you to do certain things with your bonus action. Things that are very roguish, you know? (laughs) Being able to disengage from combat, dash around the battlefield, and hide. Love it. It's just... All the rogue abilities just are... I don't know how to explain it. They're just nice. They're nice and smooth and streamlined. That is very true, yeah. The ranger cesspool, the messy (laughs) ranger... It's so messy and chaotic. And then moving from that, like we talked about last month, to this one, all the abilities are just simple and smooth and 5th edition-esque. <laughs> yes. Rogue perhaps might be like the epitome of 5th edition. Honestly. Now that we're like talking it's about it more. It's extremely streamlined. I love it, dude. You have a goal, a clear set goal to gain sneak attack. And your whole entire class is built around the stereotype of... Yeah, and all the abilities just work, mm-hmm. and they just fit the thing, and they're not weird and too specific and whack like the ra- Maybe it's just because we're coming off the Ranger, so it's nice to see... <laughs> Everything like- seems streamlined compared <laughs> to the Ranger. <laughs> um, but what a great second level ability. Also, yeah. the fact that it comes at second level, helping hone in what the rogue's good at without confining them too much in anything, mm-hmm. just wonderful. It just helps support the rogue in combat. Yeah, give him more combat options. I love it. Love you know? it. Love it. Um, I, I, I do want to say, hide. Hide is one of those things where a campaign never uses it, or a campaign uses it a lot. You know what I mean? Like a playgroup uses yeah. it a lot, or a playgroup uses it. In our we don't. campaign, we, did, we didn't we... even know it existed. <laughs> um, I don't know if we... <laughs> we didn't have really any sneaky characters. That is true. Rogues, rangers, or anything. So... Most of you guys were not even good at dexterity-based yeah, stealth no. things anyway. Some of so us were very like, bad at dexterity-based things. Hide is pretty good. I didn't know how good it was. I looked at it the other day. Hmm. Hide is pretty good. Being just able to hide as your bonus action and stuff. Um, you know what was really cool was in the first campaign of Critical Role. One of the characters is a, mainly a ranger, but they subclass into rogue. Mm-hmm. First of all, getting the extra sneak attack on your little bow shots, intelligent. Second, getting the cunning action for Ranger really improved the range play because she could chill in the back and just keep hiding and then poking out and shooting. Yeah. And it helped a lot. Made, made that character much better being a Ranger. Um, this might be getting a little bit too out there and specific for you guys, but Ranger is a pretty decent two-level dip if you're trying to multi-class. Rogue, you mean? Rogue, not Ranger. Don't go Ranger for two levels. <laughs> no sense, actually. <laughs> Rogue? Perfect. Yes, for any martial class. If you are like, I kind of want a subclass. Do, going two levels in rogue, three is kind of perfection. Mm. But that might be too too much. You probably want to keep going into your own class. Two levels in a rogue is just will just amplify. Because at the higher levels, let's be honest, you're not really getting any cool abilities. You're not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like fighter and stuff. You're not getting that cool stuff or anything. Ranger and paladin. There are tons of levels where you're just not getting anything. Mm-hmm. And you don't need that much more like spell slots if you're Ranger or Paladin or whatever. Getting the sneak attack? Yeah. Just extra damage. Every round. Just extra damage. The cunning action? Just useful and versatile. That sidestepping a little bit. But then when you, when you get to third level, plus getting the... Um, not only are you getting access to a subclass, which mm-hmm. is dope, you get access to 2d6 in your... Sneak attack now. That's true. <sighs> That's wonderful. But aside from that, cutting action is a good rogue ability. Yes. Also. Very good. It allows you to move around the battlefield more, get into the advantageous positions that you want to be in, be able to hide and sneak around as you want. It's great. Great. 
Great. Okay. Great. What's the final feature? <laughs> the final feature we're spotlighting. Uncanny Dodge gets it at fifth level. Uncanny and Dodge. It allows you to use a reaction to have the damage from an attack that made you roll a dexterity saving throw, which is a lot of spell attacks, many other attacks. It's something that's going to come up pretty often. It's really good. It's extremely uh, good. This is another rogue kind of primary ability. Mm-hmm. Now, fifth level, as you may or may not know, depending on how new you are to the game, is like the turning point. Yeah. It's a transition between starting off squishy adventure mm-hmm. to powerful yeah, adventure. There's 20 levels in your D&D campaign. You might get up to, you know, whatever level you are, but there's different like stages within those 20 levels, you know? One through four is still like that kind of like beginning adventure thing, and from five, five on, to eleven or something. Yeah, I think that's uh, the other ones are not as clear, but this is a very this clear is a one. very clear one, in both martial classes and spellcasting classes. Spellcasting spellcasters get their third level spells, which are bonkers. <laughs> when and you're a spellcaster and you reach fifth level, you're like, I've been sucking the past four levels. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have fireball now. You feel like a god. Even if you can only cast it, you know, once. What, is it once or twice? How many spells does it do you? I don't care. Um, we're not talking about a spell cast. No, here. we aren't. We're talking about a martial and class, a specific martial class. <laughs> and a mar- and most martial classes, fighters, paladins, rangers, they get extra attack. If Even level. monks. Yes. Get extra attack. Which, once again, changes the game. Mm. Makes you just feel way cooler. You're much stronger now. But rogues, they don't get extra attack or third level spells. They get uncanny <laughs> Keeping them alive longer. Yeah. A lot of the rogues... We were talking about the glass cannon aspect. We were talking more about in hit points wise. But where the rogue makes up for that is in avoiding damage altogether. <laughs> basically. Like, oh, I took damage. Let me just have that before it even hits my average hit points, you know? GMs. Or DMs. Hate on because <laughs> literally you like the rogue is annoying the hell out of you. You do like you unleash mm. the big dragon's the, the, breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, like the, the evil spellcaster casts his highest level spell on the rogue. I'm just gonna half that blight damage or whatever. It's like, bruh, bruh. It's really, really. It's just it's probably and as a rogue, I've never played a fifth level D and D rogue, but I assume it's fun as hell to be like, no. I just just in case damage. anyone is listening, they got annoyed by that. You can't technically use it against blight. Oh, because it's constitution. Yeah, it has to be dexterity. Yes, I meant the other one. I get confused between blight and disintegration. Dis- yes, disintegration. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> Forgive me, Gary uh, Gygax. <laughs> Gygax, Lord. Um, yeah. People who have the DM sky memorized. I'm sorry. Um. So yeah, cool, nice. Losing extra attack actually is not that bad. Not for the for rogue. rogue. Specifically because they're a sneak attack you can only use once per turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you're going to be attacking with two short swords or two daggers or whatever, mm-hmm. you can use your bonus action for the second attack. Usually not a ton of more damage, yeah. honestly. But if you have your bonus action open, you're not going to use it to cunning action. You can use it to attack. Once again, more options in combat, more fun. Yeah. Uh, and uncanny dodge... Uncanny dodge. <laughs> That's a weird accent. Uncanny dodge also. Cool, because then you can use the reaction for not only opportunity attacks, mm-hmm. for also this other thing. Sneak attack works for opportunity attacks? Yes, it does. It's once per turn. Okay. That's pretty dope. <laughs> yes. Because There are awesome. some extremely... What's... Broken builds with, like, yeah. feats, and feats and stuff? Okay. Yeah. We're not going to get into that. Just know that you can't do don't, crazy things. We don't hate attack. your DM, so we're not going to go into that. Um, I do. <laughs> I hate my DM like, a lot. Wow, thank you. Well, I so, hate my DM too. GM. <laughs> um, anyway, Uncanny Dodge. Dope. Helps mitigate the rogue squishiness. Lets you get in there. Makes you feel awesome. D- like, being able to dodge disintegration range yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's just it's nice. Cool. R- once again, streamlined. Perfection. Um, I feel like... This is seriously just speculation, but I feel like they went into 5th edition, when they were doing 5th edition, mm. they had a lot of thoughts with the rogue. Like, rogue was one of the things that was on their minds, that they knew what they wanted to do with it. 
and like Ranger was not. You know what I mean? I wonder if they've spoken out about that. I feel like Ranger was something that poor Ranger that we keep attacking, but you know, it's not like oh, we need like, like okay, we're gonna have a Ranger class, but they they didn't ha- they weren't sh- they didn't have a lot of ideas on it. They weren't like hyped about transitioning past things into this new edition, these new rules that they that they designed. Mm-hmm. I feel like for the rogue, they're like, dude, we can now streamline these things and these yeah, things and yeah, really yeah. make the rogue cool and and feel smooth and stuff. And I. I just feel like the rogue was something like that. That, that, that. That's what it gives me the feel that they really had ideas. Yeah. About the rogue, they went into this class with an idea in their head of what they're going yeah. to do, and then just executed it. God, this is one of the world most world's like. <laughs> Once again, it may be biased because we're coming off of the ranger, mm-hmm. but the rogue it's is a good, it's, awesome. It's a good class. <laughs> Gosh dang! All right. Fun, fun, fun. Now we're getting into the subclasses. <laughs> This is where I think, personally, the rogue suffers a little bit. I do want to mention. So I was listening to one of the past episodes. Mm. I think it was the ranger one. I'm not sure, though. One of the past ones we did recently. And we forgot. We talked about the... We, we mentioned the rogue subclasses. We forgot there was three. We thought there was only two. There's three. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's get into the first one, which we didn't forget. Thief. <laughs> how did we forget? I don't know we, how we forgot. And we were like convinced, like, yeah. why doesn't it have a thief subclass? <laughs> Wait, what? Pretty sure we said, why doesn't the rogue have a thief subclass? No, 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 we said thief and assassin. We didn't say arcane trick. You sure? That was for Pathfinder. We said there wasn't an assassin oh. subclass for Pathfinder. Okay, side note, we play Pathfinder. I'm playing a rogue. And I was really confused why there wasn't an assassin subclass. The thief assassin a subclass was literally an assassin subclass, mechanically. But anyway, in one of the past episodes, we like adamantly, we mentioned the rogue subclasses. Yeah. Thief and assassin. Yeah. Those are only two, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like definitely. adamantly we said definitely. that in a recent episode. There's three. There's also Arcane Trickster. Mm. But first, <laughs> let's get into the thief. All right. Thief. They're thieves. Mm. All right, uh, next, assassin. <laughs> They're burglars, bandits, <laughs> cut purses, explorers, delvers, investigators. Yep. With some newer Xanathar's Guide kind of subclasses and other things they've added, some of this stuff has been taken away from the thief with, like, the, um, some of the newer Xanathar's Guide rogue subclasses. There's like an, uh, a detective. Yeah, uh, inquisitor. Inquisitor. Yes. That kind of takes some stuff away from the thief. And anyway, but in, in the player's handbook, it kind of explains all these different characters. Basically, you are good at stealing stuff and sneaking into places. Mm-hmm. Classic rogue is a thief. Yeah, that is the subclass. At first, and then you get to higher levels, and there's some oh, weird yeah! stuff. Oh yeah, forgot yeah, about it that. It deviates a little. Basically, it allows you to do crazy stuff with your cunning action, right? Uh, maybe. Because you can use, uh, magic items as... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then randomly... So, the first level abilities are something to do with, um... Like, I think when you steal stuff, you can also plant stuff or something. Yes. And then... Or, sorry, I'm getting confused with Dexity Allies. (laughs) No, I was thinking about Dexity Allies, second story work. (laughs) Yeah, and then also, second story work, which is... You can basically, like, climb walls. Uh, it's just to, you know, sneak into yeah. the second story or whatever. Very, like, thief. Got it. And then later on, you get an ability, which is literally just you can use magic items better. Whoa. I, will, I opened up the book right to the exact page. Yeah, um... Okay, come, come to the mic. Come to the mic. All right. Yeah, at 13th level, you get this ability called Use a Magic Device... Oh my god, what a lame name. (laughs) The ability name is Use Magic Device. (laughs) Oh yeah, I didn't even see the second clause here. Yeah. Dude. That's it. At 13th level, you can use magic items and ignore all class, race, and level requirements. Cool. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking about the fast hands ability at 3rd level. Um... Oh. Use your cunning action uh, to make a sleight of hand check to 
to it summon adds a like trap. more options to your cunning action, yeah. and one of them is use an object. Which, if you have good magic items, yeah, some of them, oh. some of them are. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So if you can while you're oper- while you're operating your apparatus of Qualish, you can. <laughs> um. Okay. Good abilities. You need your your cunning action to like be able to like pick a lock or. Yeah. That's cool, and then also being able to climb up stuff. Cool. And then at ninth level you can sneak better, and then, um, and then use magic device, and then also you get two turns on the first round of combat. Pretty cool. I don't know if that fits into the thief. It's more of an assassin thing in my mind. I think they kind of had to balance it out a little bit. But anyway, if you're going, if you're go- building that mechanical rogue, mm-hmm. thief is cool. Yeah. Combat though, really nothing. Other than if you have special magic items that you can use. Sure. But but base, just looking at it, doesn't add anything to combat. Yeah. Which I love. I love that sometimes wizards can be okay building a subclass that doesn't have to do with anything. They did. They gave it a second (laughs) turning in the first round of combat. Two turns. Oh, actually, that's true. You're right. Okay, next one is also the, is a second, 17th level. The assassin. So. Basically, the other stereotype of a rogue. Yes. Thieves. Think people steal stuff. Assassins. assassins. K- kill kill people. Kill people. Uh, spies, bounty hunters, killers. I, I assume you know what an assassin is if you're listening to this. Mm. Uh, they get extra proficiencies in disguise and poisoning kits. Mm-hmm. Love that. I think that's cool. great. It fits yeah. the... It's a stereotype. Yep, and it's, it's a more of a utility thing. Mm-hmm. Always love that. Then, at other levels, it gives you... At, also at third level, sorry. This helps you... This ability is called Assassinate. And it helps you basically get that one-hit kill that you're trying to get. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. The guard, yeah. guarding the prisoner or whatever. If, if you score a creature against... If you score a hit against a creature that is surprised, it's a critical hit. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super strong. And then, an advantage on people who haven't... And then at 9th and 13th level, you cast. get stuff that helps you infiltrate and, like, make disguises. Mm-hmm. So more utility stuff. Yep. And then Death Strike! <laughs> the 17th <laughs> level ability, when you hit a creature that is surprised, it must make a con save. On a failed save, you double the damage of your attack against it. Keep in mind, with Assassinate, if they're surprised, it's a critical hit. Mm-hmm. So you're potentially quadrupling your damage. Mm-hmm. But I have and no problem with that at all. Because that's an assassin. One hit. Assassinate. True. It, it, surprised, it's a condition that kind of comes up to your DM a lot. Like whether they say, oh, this creature is surprised. You know? Yeah. That's true. It is a little bit based on This subclass can be a little bit dependent. Its strength can be dependent yeah. a little bit on, on your DM. And how much they allow you to surprise things. Mm-hmm. And also, it comes down to you, too. How many times are you putting yourself in position to surprise others? Yeah. Uh, cool, though, fits. Okay, final one before we talk about the subclasses overall. Arcane Trickster. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Rogues who use magic. You get limited, limited spellcasting. Even more limited than Rangers and Paladins. Yep. Similar. Actually, I think exactly the same as the... Uh, Eldritch Knight, Knight yes. subclass for the fighter. Which, dumb name. It's not Eldritch at all. It's not Eldritch at all. Arcane Trickster makes sense. Um, anyway, so you get limited spellcasting. Yep. Cool. Use your intelligence. Yeah. Kind intelligence. Spec. Yeah. Also, you can use your mage hand to This do is cool the things. best part of the subclass. Yes. This, this makes it my favorite subclass. <laughs> mage hand basically gets a big upgrade. Yeah. Now, you can like use it to like make stuff disappear and stuff or something, right? You can stow one object in the hand that's holding in a warrant, in a container warrant. Oh no, never mind. You can just use it to move stuff around. Yeah, like, and it's invisible now. And it's invisible. Oh, and you can use it to pick, pick locks, locks and, and disarm, disarm traps. traps. Oh, it's so good. So sick. First of all, invisible mage hand is so useful in so many circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can just pick pockets and pick. There's so many shenanigans that you can do with it uh, too. It's it's definitely a trickster. Definitely a trickster. Mm. I just love that. You can use mage hand, so cool. Uh, and then the other stuff is okay. And then spell thief. Spell thief is one of the, my favorite abilities, even though it's not too strong. 
So it's at 17th level. After a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in an area of effect, you can use your reaction to force a creature to make a saving throw equal to your spell casting. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the DC equals your spell save. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. On a failed save, you negate the spell's effect against you and steal the knowledge of the spell if it is at least one level, first, first level, and of a level you can cast. It doesn't need to be a, like a wizard spell that you can cast. Yeah. It just needs to be of a level. And for the next eight hours, you know the spell and can cast it using your spell slots. The creature can't cast that spell until the eight hours. That's so cool. I love that ability. It's it's pretty specific. Yes. But it allows for such a cool moment. <laughs> the flavor on that is untouchable. That is one of the, this is a knockout. Uh, like this 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 mm-hmm. subclass ability knocks it out of the park for me. This is one of the best. So this, I know I'm getting like really dramatic <laughs> about this, but this is one of the best subclass abilities that I've ever seen wizards do. To be honest, haven't looked at the D&D rogue ever, or I, I mean a lot. Only doing the outline of this, have I read this ability in its full fullest mm. for the first time was when I was working on the outline for this subclass. Yeah. Dang. What a great, because I mean with Unearthed Arcana and the Unearthed Guy and everything, so many subclasses, so many subclass abilities, mm-hmm. and there's so many just recycled, yeah, just unimaginative just things from here and put and there like, and reflavored. Slightly. I understand that it's a lot of stuff, and you're making a lot of things. And fifth edition is so is pretty simplistic, so it has lots of limitations on how crazy mm-hmm. you can go. But this is just, once again, yeah, someone went into this subclass with this ability in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they they thought about the rogue. Like, Before they built it, like they cared about how it. How can I make an arcane trickster that d- that does, you know, yeah. these weird or whatever tricky things with their magic? What abilities would they get? And I think they really nailed it here. Yeah. Oh, oh by the way, at thirteenth level, um, as a bonus action on your turn, you can designate a creature within five feet of your mage hand, and it gives advantage on attack rolls against that creature until the end of the turn. Another way for you to get your sneak attack. Yeah. So you you like distracting them with a mage hand stuff. Cool. This is my favorite subclass. Might be the most powerful. Because hmm. I think the Thief and Assassin are not good. Now that, that let's talk about all the subclasses real quick. Mechanically? Power level wise. I don't think they're powerful. I don't think there's a problem because I think the rogue itself is strong enough to hold its own. That is very true. But I mechanically numbers wise thief and assassin i don't think they're powerful i think they're on the weaker side of subclasses because of the detailed situations yes like assassin like you're not gonna be surprising every you're not even gonna use it every combat even on the combat where they're surprised you're only using it on one during one round of that mm-hmm. combat um and the infiltration stuff it's all and then the rest of it's like all mechanical basically i mean u- utility yeah um, you know, which which is cool. I, I love utility subclass abilities. I love subclasses built around utility and stuff. Using the poisoner's kit or using the disguise things for the assassin or the thief being able to climb buildings and stuff. Awesome. And outside of combat and stuff, th- those can those can be really cool and really helpful. But numbers wise, I think they're definitely on the weaker side of subclasses. But I think the arcane trickster is pretty strong. Definitely, I think it's the strongest of the three, in my opinion. It does come up with a way to uh, negate the need to have a specific situation to gain your sneak attack. You know, you can do it. Mm-hmm. That is at 13th level. Yes, it's at 13th level. But it is nice that you, uh, like, have more options now in who you attack and where you position yourself. Oh, at 9th level, if you are hidden from a creature when you cast a spell on it, the creature has disadvantage on a saving throw it makes against the spell. Someone built their trickster knowing what they were doing. Mm. For sure. Um, it's one of my favorite subclasses of the in the whole book. It's just it fits. It always sticks to its theme. It does it well. It builds off of other things that we were familiar with, like the mage hand and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it builds off the other rogue abilities, you know, hiding using cunning action, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You, getting the advantage on the attack with your distracting mage hand to get the snake attack. Great. Now I don't want to make you think that you shouldn't play thief for size. <laughs> Both really cool, mm-hmm. actually. I've never played in a game where someone's played an arcane trickster. Yeah. Most people go thief for assassin. Mm. 
I see the majority of people go assassin. But I'm like rediscovering the subclass, dude. I did not know. Like I was very unfamiliar with the subclass before mm-hmm. we did this episode. It's awesome. And it's full cast. You also use full cast. Yeah. By the way. So great. All the subclasses. Good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I think they're not too weird and like world specific. I don't know how to say this. Like, I think some of like the warlock and and sorcerer subclasses and stuff can kind of feel like very setting specific. Very setting specific. But this is just very, you know, mm. thief, assassin, arcane trickster. You know, I I, I like that a lot. Um yeah. And God, spell thief is perfect. <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, it's not that strong, mm-hmm. but love it. Okay, those are the subclasses. Pretty good. I like that they that they add utility benefits instead of combat things because the rogue already has all those mm-hmm. in its core class. So I actually like those about it. I'm just saying, compared to other classes. Mechanically, I don't think they're as strong, but it makes up for it for being attached to the rogue, rogue class. Yeah, um, I've heard arguments that the rogue doesn't need subclasses. It's so strong. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the higher power level wise. Speaking of that, let's go on to playstyle. What kind of people would want to play a rogue? Dexterous, sneaky, stabby boys. <laughs> If you're a dexterous, hey, this this is a, this is for all my dexterous, sneaky, stabby boys out there. Mm-hmm. Are you ripping your hair out because you don't have a class you can play? Well, now you can. Edgy rogues near you. <laughs> Edgy rogues looking for a player near you. Uh, I put in the outline if you want to play a bamf. Um, <laughs> I. I love the ro- like the flavor, you know, just it's a very like badass cool. Whether you're going with the stereotype of like the quiet assassin mysterious guy or like the in control confident charming guy, mm-hmm. you 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 know, you're 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 a very just like badass cool character. Yeah. I think that that's very intrinsic to the rogue. Um Of course, you can play an amazing rogue, great character without that. Yeah. For example, not the brave in the Critical Role Sin <laughs> campaign. Is not either of those stereotypes, mm-hmm. um, but it's a great character and a great rogue. She also fits the rogue, you know, yeah, yeah. class. Um, but if you do want to pull on those tropes and stuff, and that's just appealing to you, playing like Assassin's Creed kind of characters or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, like a Jack Sparrow pirate kind of character, definitely um, the rogue uh, could be for you. Yeah, if you want to be the person who's going to be like, okay, I have this plan to sneak in and do this for the mission or something, or you want to help facilitate the party and adding on to its abilities that it can do, the situations that it can get yourself into, being able to climb up uh, and sneak into buildings, being able to assassinate the guard, being able to steal things with your invisible mage hand. Mm-hmm. I think if you just want to be able, not only be effective in combat, being able to move around the battlefield a lot, that you know, sneaky boy, and being able to add on to what your party can do. I think the rogue is a great class for that. Yep. Rogue. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. If, if you enjoy specializing, and I think if you care about fulfilling your role in the party. Yes. Rogue, you're you're basically like, once again, totally based on like GM mm-hmm. and whatever. But rogue is one of those classes that like you're going to be able to fill your role. You know what I mean? Can we touch on this really quickly yeah. about filling roles in a party? Sure. There is... An episode on that, you know. I mean, a long time ago, one of the earlier episodes in the podcast, I'm going to try to find it right now, um, is about that. It's called Party Balance. It was episode nine. Mm. Nine. Ow. That was a long time ago. Dang, dude, we're on our 40th episode. She's something fun for the 50th. Oh, no. We're going to do some fun. We're doing a three-hour-long mystic deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I love the mystic. Oh. Anyway, uh, you know, speaking of... Uh, fulfilling your... <laughs> so, unlike the mystic, the rogue is a good class. <laughs> is, a, is a balanced class. Um... Yes, but if, if you do care about... Sorry, 
what were you going to say about fulfilling your role in a party and stuff? Fulfilling your role in a party, I think, is a very fulfilling thing to do as a player. Mm. Especially if you've just gotten out of a campaign where you might not necessarily have felt like you were unique or something. You know, perhaps you felt like, oh, I was just, you know, going up and I was a fighter that just went up and hit things with the other people who went up and hit things. Being part of a party and having a composition where, you know, one person is like the designated designated tank, another person's like the support spellcaster, the thief, this and that. Yeah. Having a role that you can fill adds this amount of satisfaction to playing the game and fulfilling your role, being able to be mm. the one to sneak into those places yeah. and steal that thing. Being the one to steal that thing with your magic mage, mage hand. Mm -hmm. Do you have your role. any personal examples of when you felt like you were a valued member who was specialized? Yes, and the thing that came to the top of my head isn't from D&D in specific, but it does. it isn't pertinent to this. In our recent campaign that we started... It's just a Star Wars role-playing game. Yeah. Fantasy Flight Games has a Star Wars role-playing game. There's, they made, like, three different games, but it's the same yeah, it's system. it's the same thing. Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, Force and Destiny. Mm -hmm. Go check it out. It's cool. Um, anyway, continue. Yes. I built a character who, at the start, was not useful in combat, pretty much at all. At all. <laughs> I don't think I hit something for the first several sessions. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I filled the niche of being the tech guy. The person who's really into computers. You were the IT guy. Yeah. I was... <laughs> you, were the, you, were the... <laughs> you were the Star Wars crew <laughs> IT guy. Yeah. And I fulfilled my role. And it was really nice. It was a change of pace. But it felt so nice being able to fulfill a role in the party that was otherwise empty. You know? I was able to add on to what the party could do. Like, because we had this person filling this role, we had me filling the role of computer technician. <laughs> We could do more things. Oh, my internet's down. <laughs> Just restart the router. <laughs> and the party is happy. <laughs> but being able to fulfill your role outside of combat, in combat, in role play, in yeah. adventure, having a role that you can fulfill is such a satisfying thing mm -hmm. as a player to mm -hmm. me. It's so nice, and it's a nice break from just being the person who goes up and hits yeah. the thing. With the other people who go yeah. up and hit the thing. I mean, your character has saved the group. Because <laughs> you're able to hack into doors, hack into communication systems, all this kind of stuff. Um, that, I, that, yeah, I, I, I think that's really cool. Um, for me, oh, I had I had a specific, specific example. Oh, like, there's tons of examples from like that you can take from like D&D &D of like being able to fill your specific role, right? So for the rogue, it could be picking the lock, disarming the trap, right? Mm -hmm. Saving people from tons of damage. Tailing the guy, sneaking into the thing and obtaining the thing, the, the object, or assassinating the guy or whatever. Super specific role the rogue can feel cool in and have its own thing. The cleric. In our last campaign, there was a moment, the like big epic boss battle, near the mm. end of the campaign. Things were going horrible. And the, the cleric casts a spell and heals like everybody all the way back up to full. And for the person playing the cleric, that must have felt really good. Mm-hmm. We don't know because he doesn't talk, <laughs> but we think so. Uh, no, but I, 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 uh, but you know, I'm sure that that must have felt really good. It, you know, clerics fulfill uh, uh, the role of a healer really well in a, in a D and D party, mm -hmm. specifically a life domain cleric, and being, <laughs> and for you know him playing that kind of character, you know, he built a cleric, a healing cleric, mm -hmm. and being able to do that to heal and like heal everybody in the battle and change the. The, the, the tide. Yeah, the tide of the battle must have felt really awesome for mm. that. And, like, you know, when you're a sorcerer, when you were a sorcerer and stuff, a big, like, a big group, of, and you can just incinerate them with, like, one fireball or whatever. Wow. You know, you're fulfilling your role. You're, like, if you're a wizard or whatever that is, you are doing a thing, and I think that's really important. And if that's, some, if that's something you care about, playing a rogue, you will get that. Yeah. I think, for the most part. Yeah, I definitely agree. It is a way to pretty much ensure that you're going to have a role that you can fill mm -hmm. by playing a rogue. Um, if you prefer to play combat based more around your allies and positioning, rather than being up front and personal with swords and shields or back and playing around with spells, um, rogue also, mm -hmm. good class for you. Yep. I like that you can kind of build your rogue how you want. You can build it. A lot of people mostly go with like a melee-based rogue, but you can play a range-based rogue. Mm -hmm. What stays consistent is 
you're working your, with your allies to gain advantage over your enemy and taking advantage of that and doing extra damage either up close by sneaking in and stabbing them or from mm -hmm. afar and from hiding and then popping out of cover and shooting mm -hmm. them. The fact that you can change what skills get your expertise uh, or you can um, choose your like secondary abilities, you know, other than just having like high decks, mm. makes it ver like versatile and lets you kind of decide the kind of rogue you want to play. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Because also for me, if you want to play a D&D &D game that's based in an urban environment that's about like a a crew who like pulls off heists and stuff. Mm. That's kind of like all rogues. Yeah. You know? Um, but with this, you can have an intelligence-based, the boss, the mastermind of the group. Mm -hmm. You can have the strength and constitution-based rogue who's the thug of the group. You can have the dexterity who takes the thief subclass, the one who takes the assassin subclass, mm -hmm. the one who takes the arcane trickster subclass. All these different kind of things, you can do that. And then they all have expertise in different things. Mm. The thief and assassin both expertise into stealth. The thief also expertise in just sleight of hand, whereas the the thug expertise into intimidation and all this kind of stuff. So cool, and you can des you can design your own kind of rogue. Yeah, I think Wizards of the Coast have already also done a good job in the other subclasses that they've released, like in Xanathar's. Yeah, there's four. There's four, four rogue ones, and they're all, all awesome. interesting. Yeah, they're all cool. They're all interesting. Um, there's Inquisitor. Yep, Swashbuckler. I'm thinking of the monks of classes only for some reason. <laughs> there's an another one, you know. Yeah. There's another one. There's definitely another one. Uh, there's I, I I think there's four in total. I can't remember the other two, but I remember them being cool. <laughs> <laughs> but the two that we do remember, Phil, like another stereotype that you're thinking of probably. When you're thinking of like playing a class, like, oh, I want to be the inquisitive person who sneaks around and finds out the information, figures out the weak points and the enemies. Horizon Walker? Nope. That's the ranger. That's a ranger one. <clears throat> okay. But, okay, but uh, on that note, though, like the Horizon Walker thing, the ranger and other, like, classes, when it comes to the extra stuff in Xanathar's Guide or mm. UA, they get, they usually get, like, very weird, thematic, detailed things. Like, super underdarky or, like, demonic-y or mm. whatever. But the rogue gets good, like, all-around class that can be played in lots of different settings. I really like that. A scout. A scout, scout. is one. Yep. And then what's the last one? The inquisitive... Mastermind. Mastermind. All mastermind. of it. See? Yep. If you want to play that, like, crew and then one person can take the mastermind thing, great. Yeah. Makes me want to play a campaign like that. <laughs> yeah, but they're... Plug, not for us, but a random plug. Hey, are you interested in playing a fantasy role-playing game about heists and pulling off that kind of things? There is a game for that. It's called Dusk City Outlaws. I talk about it in my episode about other role-playing games. We are I not sponsored. It. We're not sponsored at all. I just kickstarted it a couple years ago when it first came out. Really fun. It has a system based around pulling off heists, so... Probably just play that instead. Um, but anyway, yes, there's so many. Okay, also, once again, you like the flavor of a rogue? That's enough reason to play a rogue. Yeah. Also, you want to do cool stuff with acrobatics. That's that's rogue. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A little bit ranger. Mostly Monk rogue. Too. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Monk and rogue. Got that crazy acrobatic stuff. Yeah, they're the, the Olympian athletes. Yeah, so. Monk is a little unrealistic in the sense that it can, you know, run on water and, run on, and, and on the yeah. roof. Yeah, on the run roof on the too. roof and catch arrows and throw them back and throw them back. Yeah, and you're just immortal. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, if any of those things that we talked about appeal to you, mm -hmm. you might want to check out the Rogue. Um, it's a great class. I I think it, a lot of people can like it. Yeah, or if you're just looking for a reason to wear your hood down and not talk during the session. Here's a stereotype that people can get behind. Yeah, and you can explain it in, like, three words. I'm playing Rogue. <laughs> I play Rogue. I am role-playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, are there any final thoughts you want to say about the Rogue? This honestly made me happy. It redeemed Wizards at 5th Edition for me <laughs> from the last Ranger episode. Uh, last thoughts. D okay. What was the course of this episode? 
Do you like the rogue a little bit more now? Perhaps. <laughs> that was the coolest episode, actually, guys. It's not for you. It's for me to be able to convince Gabe that rogues <laughs> are cool so we can agree on everything. Um, Because that obviously needs to happen. Everyone needs to agree on everything. I think every human should agree. <laughs> um, anyway, this made me like really like rogues, and I'm glad I'm playing a rogue. It's not a D&D &D rogue. It's a Pathfinder rogue. But still the same. Got me, got me rehyped, and I wish there was an arcane trickster subclass. So sad. I'm gonna be multiclassing into uh, spellcasting thing. Anyway. Okay. Cool. Okay. That's it. Next class spell we're gonna be doing next month. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. You have two and a half years of experience playing a yes, sorcerer. Yes, I have a lot of things to say about. So the hopefully you will be able to help us with that. Um, did you like it? Did you not? What are things you like about the sorcerer? I'm, a th I just observed it as a, as a GM. We will be able to talk about sorcerers. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, it's gonna be a good one because I like doing class spotlights on things I really have a lot of experience with. Mm. For example, paladins. Mm. Um, <laughs> sorcerers. You've played a sorcerer. I've DM'd for someone playing a sorcerer for a long time. So hopefully we're gonna have a lot of content insight mm. on the sorcerer for next month's subclass. Um, the subclass. Actual class. Actual class. <laughs> okay, you guys, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Hopefully you guys learned something. Yep, we talked a lot about different abilities, archetypes, stereotypes of the rogue, whether we think that it might fit what you were thinking of playing. Rogue overall, great class. It's really nice. I've grown to like it a little bit more as we were talking about it. I love it. Uh... In closing, I want to remind you guys of our Instagram. It's at d20 underscore academy. And we have a Discord now. Just message us. We'll get you set up in there. I know it's been slow and quiet if you are listening and are in our Discord right now. Uh, we've just been really busy. Yeah, we've been super busy. First couple months of the year. Yeah. Things might change throughout the rest of the year. We've got some ideas. Okay. Next week's episode. What is it? Your first session. Your first session. Real quick. It might just be me. We're not sure yet. Gabe might be there or not, depending on if we can align our schedules correctly. Yeah. Um, but whether or not we're gonna be talking about the first session, typically geared towards more more towards GMs, but talking about the first session, what to do, the different points you want to hit, uh, a great starting place if you're a new GM or you're looking for that kind of information. You're about to start a campaign. Good refresher, even if you're an experienced GM. All right. With that, keep an eye out for that next week, and don't play.